Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, August the 17th. Man, we have another special show this week. No sports talk, not really, just all soapboxes for your entertainment as we're still on this vacation time until we ramp back up in September. So we have some of those soapboxes for you. We had a few this week. Uh, we have a new one going in about Skip Bayless. Y'all got to stick around and listen to that one. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. That was Lockdown by Anderson Pock. By Anderson Pock. That was Lockdown. And um, I chose that song. I usually don't go with things that are too current. Um, but it was apropos. Because I'm thinking back to um, when it was written, when it came out, because of the pandemic and, and the social injustice things that we faced just last year. And as I reflect on 2020, and I reflect on that time, that tumultuous time that it's been. And I talked about this weeks, a week or so before when I said every 30 years we have another situation, not a pandemic. That's like every 100 years. But then every 30 years, we have a different struggle or a movement. And I still feel that this, even though it was the most widespread movement because of social media, when they had um, things being protested in regards to the George Floyd situation all over the globe, I still believe it was one of our weakest ones because of the totality of time, because we are so easily distracted by so many different things. And it's easy because there's so many things going on around us for us to things to be short lived. And they know that they give us little tokens here and there and say, hey, this is what you got. You be happy with that. And, and then you forget and then you find out not guilty and all these different things. And. <sighs> As I reflect on 2020 being that today is the day a year ago we lost Kobe Bryant and Gigi and all the other people that's on the helicopter that was in that tragic crash out here in Southern California as he was taking his daughter and his team and their parents to a basketball tournament in his own Mamba Academy. And I think of a lot of things when it comes to Kobe Bryant. And the main thing I think about is what they keep quoting is the mama mentality and how actually he made me want to step up and be a better father to my daughter. Because the one of the main things we learned um, post-career was he was an excellent father and husband. And I want to champion that. I want to take on that. I want to wear that. Um, I, I, I didn't know how much of a fan I was of Kobe Bryant until he passed. I knew I appreciated him for all that he given to the sport, but I didn't know I was that much of a fan that I was and how much it affected me. It's like I grew up with him. It was 18, 20 years, 24 years total of me knowing him. Most of my life, I've known of him and watched him. It's like you watch someone grow up as if they're family. So it was tough, but I go back to the Mamba mentality 
And I look at that when it applies to everything else. As of right now, we seem like we digress. Even though there's something called the Rooney Rule in the NFL, we're down to what, two black coaches, head coaches, and one other minority coach being that in, in Washington. And we have a, um, a Latino coach over there. So you have three minority coaches in the NFL. When years ago, when there was Dungeon and all, we had over six. And that's not a lot because there's like 32 teams. And and just people, the, the, the issue that people are having is not that we don't have people in employment because we have several position coaches. The majority of the actual coaches in the NFL are black. So they're looking at it like, well, majority of the players are black. That should coincide what's going on in front office and places of leadership. And to some degree, I believe that. I understand that. I understand the numbers. Because before, they didn't look to say that black quarterbacks can lead. Because the quarterback is the most important position in football. So I get that. And then we knew that not to be true. But where did they get that from? And where, where is this being implied? There's so many things to go back to our history where they feel like, oh, they don't have proper leadership. When you think of the the, the, the the people, the colonizers with the manifest destiny, believing that they are the superior race. Well, if you believe that you are the superior race, of course you're gonna believe that you're meant by God to lead those who don't look like you. That everyone who is of darker melanin savages. So why would you want a savage to run over you? Talked to my dad before, we talked about how the colonizers or, or the people of lighter complexion, of less melanin, did not, they felt uncomfortable with him being in a managerial role. And then when he owned his own business, how many of them couldn't stand to work for him. They would quit quickly. It just something about it bothered them. They couldn't even explain it themselves. He had some colleagues who were of the same ilk and he tried to explain it to me. He says, I don't know. He, they don't even notice that it's happening. And when you hire someone and put them in a position of power, of leadership, you want them to kind of look like you. Who are these people? They're the billionaire club. There's not a lot of us or myself or people who look like me who are in that club. Well, how did those people get into that club? Like we said before, they're billionaires. A lot of them inherited. Others have... They know the gateway of doing it. They, they have that co connection or conversation at home. They understand money better than many of us. It's not taught in the schools. You have to learn it somewhere else. Like the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Pick it up if you haven't read it, if you haven't read it. Your home structure has a lot to do with it. So that brings me to my, to my next point. So we don't have that level of understanding and what it truly takes to be a leader, what it truly takes to be in a position of power, while we continuously come to the table and ask and say, this isn't fair, this isn't fair, then create your own. I'm not saying create your own league. Let me, let, me, let me help you understand. There's this misconception about people who are in what they say pyramid schemes. I'm gonna put the air quotes, pyramid schemes. And I understand that and I get it and I get the hustle and I understand how it may look. But I have some clients of mine, one who just bought a nice Rolls Royce and, and I have them buying Range Rovers all coming from the same base shop or we call office, all these different vice presidents in this company. 
and what you will make call it a pyramid scheme but it's legitimized they have um, better business bureau they're making good money all legal and i wonder to myself why aren't more of us doing that a lot of us struggle and work at our jobs and we talk about a pyramid scheme but you don't realize that the job you're working right now is in effect a pyramid scheme did you know when like they have a lot of jobs when you recruit someone to work for you they give you a little bonus they give you like a, a, a after they're there for three months they, they pay you a little something a little stipend a little something for bringing on a, a new recruit or a new worker hmm sound familiar in other parts as you continually do better you would get what promoted and everyone who's above you gets paid on your efforts hmm and there's always a person at the top who makes the most but see the difference is many of us don't have the opportunity to ever get to the top and the difference is that you don't have true freedom to do what you want when you want you're in some form of a system that makes it to where you have to check in just to have a vacation if you don't let them know within 30 30 days beforehand you may not be able to go I went into business for myself because after my brother passed away, I only had three days to grieve. Part of that pyramid system, part of that pyramid scheme. See, the scheme is going to dictate what you earn. And, it, it, and they're putting a dollar amount, a price on your time, which is why I said before is your most precious commodity because it's the one thing you can never replace. So they give you a dollar amount, no matter what it is, 10, 20, 100, does it matter? Do you really believe that your time is worth only $100 an hour? When you have all these restrictions on your life. Did you know that by them paying you what they pay you, they're telling you where you're going to live, what you're going to drive, what school your kids are going to go to, what are you going to eat? And we all know you are what you eat and if you do not have a proper diet you will cut down the time of your life so they own you for over 40 plus years until your latter part of your days in your 60s and then get a chance to finally retire and then when you retire you only have a few years left to live anyway so what did you do in that time so what is the true pyramid scheme they have this system, I call it the trap, where a lot of us who are trying to find a way to make a decent living because our education system was poor because based upon where you live, it's that your, your little minimal tax dollars pay for that education system. So you get old books, you get old material, you don't get the best teachers. So now school's not fun, the education's not adequate enough for you to excel. Only a small percentage get out of that situation. So the majority are left to do what exactly? When you see your parents before you, not doing so great and you feel like you don't even have a chance you don't even have the you don't even have the thought that you're going to be a ceo of a company you don't even have the thought that you're going to be some high level executive you don't even have a thought that you're going to be able to be in a position of power to run a nation that's why barack obama was so important to the culture because for the first time we got a chance to see that it was even possible to achieve so what happens many of us end up in the system some from wrongfully accused because we talked about before how we have over neighborhoods and 
I even had a video go viral the other day where you showed a police officer planting drugs for on someone. It was a Latino male, brown. White cop planted drugs on him. So now he's getting what? Put into the system. But guess what happens when he goes into the system? But the felony, did you know if you had a felony charge, your life is completely changed. Go look for a job when you have a felony. Very difficult to even now go ahead and legally earn for yourself because once you check that box, you may not get that job. High percentage chances you do not get that job. So then what do you have to do? Go back to the same things. But did you know if you went ahead and go and got into one of those pyramid quote unquote schemes, those people with records, because you work for yourself, you have the freedom to do so. Those people can go in there and make an honest living and do a lot, get a lot doing it and get paid more for their time. And they'll have the freedom to do what they want, when they want. And now with that newfound wealth, they can go ahead and, and, and stimulate money and stimulate their economy in their neighborhoods and do big things. And now with that money, you probably can own a team or do things you need to do and hire who you need to hire. And now you have people who look like you in position of power. So don't get caught up in these things because you just so simply understand. Go by faith, not by sight. Believe what you need to believe so you can achieve what you need to achieve. Don't get fought in that trap. Don't get stuck. Don't believe the stuff that you were told. Open your mind. Steve Harvey once said, you have to take the leap of faith. You have to jump. And until you jump, your parachute cannot open. But you got to jump first. Until next time. We do not own the rights to this music. Welcome to the bank, where you deposit young money and, and you get cash money. I'm Tunchi the boss, and live from the vault. It's bus a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, swag mania, pop the ghost most. Carry the most beautiful with us happily toast. Keep the faculty close, gross when we give them a dose. Got them OD and leaning in each coast. Scenery froze, take notes, rock boast. Diamonds that fit us, Chanel minks in the winter. Who with us? We coming to give them the shivers. Water we flow, spilling like rivers. Flooding the street, hoping the swimmers move with gorillas. King Kongs, Godzilla's when we roll up. Seat filling, get up when I show up. Please don't throw up. Hold your liquor, girl up. If you're robbing, legal. I'll show you how to blow up Thank you, lucky stars It's the rap czar Tuck it in My bite like a rent in To my chagrin You never win Model thin Walking, cracking your shin She gives in Every time that I spin Square up, bow down To the kings of the hall We way gone Talk while we ball So what's cracking with y'all? Native New Yorker The slick talker Keep in order Call a reporter Stepping like British walkers Legendary swag fluency The influence See how we do it Get him into it steadily Got him stupid So undisputed Act full, back tool Till they pop off Police crowd up the street Blocking them off Locking them off Got these while I signal my soldiers, bossing it up, maintaining composure, stand on the sofa, 30 bottles, 20 waitresses, bring them over, see how we light up, call a promoter, tell that, bring the bag, better hurry up with it and count the money you're proper, cause you can get it, you can get it, you can get it, you can get it. Yeah, I feel good, don't it? Uh, I feel good, don't it? Uh, uh, uh. Hey, I wanna let y'all know, hey, hey, I wanna let y'all know, this easy. 
the Q tip 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 tip. Set them up, so let up, saddle up, and let's go. Good times, only difference making it go. Chatter is up, peep the way we batter it up. On top of the mountain, folding the ladder up. You're dead and done, rip up your paper, cause your status is none. Transfix on the sphinx of the page, whether chopper or gauge. You're just a single, cause you wouldn't engage. Turned up with the script on the cup, you keep the goblins with us. See how we push sometimes, my man forget cough. Beat him in the head, boop a dee dee boff, zippity boff. Beat him in the head again, stop killing me, wolf. Wop, beat him till he drop, piggity poof. Oxy and me, he don't want no problem with. Let's get to drinking poison our livers, damn it, we sinners When me and abstract together, see we deliver She got me touching it, and all on my fingers, damn it, we winners Pillars of this rap, homie, they know Kill anything till it's time for me to go That's when I vomit with a blowing and I'm black and get a little bit dummy The microphone is bleeding, you should take it from me Incredibly, we do it in the resumes, the music, I tune it, you tube it It can never, ever be refuted It's gnarly for n***s and naughty for ninas, and ballerinas Ballers and in-betweeners, blatant non-believers and overachievers Kicking it in pale Adidas, drink gallons of liters All of you must reconcile the leaders, she's begging to eat us Man's attitude defeaters, but never a scandal because me and Bus we prone to handle with gentlemen. Not to mention me veterans, second need me some medicine. For our black, you should get off my premises. Better fly you pelican, idiot. But then again, you need a suit for your funeral measurements. See, we doing it effortless. It's never getting no better than this. Giving you that you miss a better preference. Watch me turn them to skeletons. See how I come and bring out the betterness. Thomas with it, I repped it for Everness. Flying United Emirates. Size private plane, that kind of etiquette. Purchasing diamonds, handle them delicate. Now you need you a better ref. You can peep us regulate and see we all in this like we ain't never left. Never left. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We got Lil Pump turning 21 this week. Fat Lever, one of the best point guards of all time, turning 61 this week. And Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn, turning 33 this week. And from WWE, Paige is turning 29 this week. And Donnie Wahlberg from New Kids on the Block is turning 52 this week. Robert De Niro is turning 78 this week. And the brother of Steph Curry, Seth Curry, is turning 31 this week. And Melo Dip, LaMelo Ball, never lost. The baby boy of the Ball Brothers, probably the best one, turning 20 this week. And Southern rapper Akbar is turning 32 this week. And Sean Penn is turning 61. John Stamos, Uncle Jesse, is turning 58 this week. And actually, he's on a new show on Disney Plus called Big Shot. Check it out. Uh, Christian Slater is turning 52 this week. And Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, is turning 75 this week. And Adam Thielen from the Minnesota Vikings is turning 31 this week. Fat Joe, lean back. 
Lean back, turning 51 this week. Romeo Miller is turning 32 this week. And Matthew Perry from France is turning 52 this week. Uh, Demi Lovato is turning 29 this week. And from Limp Biscuit, Fred Durst is turning 51 this week. And Mitchell Trubisky is turning 27 this week. And Al Roker is turning 67. Khalees is turning 42 this week. And WWE Hall of Famer Eve Torres is turning 37. Loretta Devine is turning 72 this week. And the fastest man of all time, Usain Bolt, Turning 35 this week. And James Corden is turning 43. And Doughboy, Doughboy, the comedian funny man, turning 38 this week. And we have here Jimmy and Jay Uso from the WWE turning 36 this week. And Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mike Evans turning 28 this week. And for Modern Family, Ty Burrell is turning 54. And finally, Lil Yachty is turning 24 this week. We have some honorable mentions. Kenny Rogers, famous country singer, passed away just last year. Would have been 83 this week. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze passed away in 2009 from pancreatic cancer, I believe. Would have been 69 this week. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, probably, if not the greatest or least most dominant basketball player of all times. Passed away in 1999, would have been 85 this week. And Nate Dogg from the Dog Pound, Nate Dogg, passed away in 2011, would have been 52 this week. And finally, the creator of Mamba Mentality, Kobe Bean Bryant, who tragically lost his life in a helicopter crash in the hillside in Southern California with longest with his daughter, Gigi, and others just last year, would have been 43 this week. That's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now back to our show. That was Brown Skin Girl by Blue Ivy, St. John, and of course, Beyonce. Beautiful song and fitting for the times right now as we wrap up Women's History Month. And we just had another excerpt by Lenizi once again, dropping so many jewels. And it was time to dig deeper in this and take the time to really appreciate women for all that they bring. They are the mothers of this earth they're the ones who protect us and nurture us when we're young the far two times they're taken for granted we spoke about earlier this month we talked about women's sports and the disparity of how the treatment is we spoke months ago about how long it's taken in the supposed to be the greatest country of this world for them to even have the right to vote and that was the white women a hundred years later. For some reason, because they're not physically as strong on average, somehow in this old barbaric world, we make it seem as if they are not overall as strong or as important. Where the women as a whole are usually smarter than the men. They're obviously better communicators. They mature faster than men. 
and they have a higher tolerance for pain. And maybe that's by design. God made it to where women can bear the burdens of the world. And when I look at a woman, and, I, and I'm going to speak more about black women because that's what I know. And I see the strength in a black woman. It bothers me when I see how they've been mistreated all through history. And some of the strongest women in all of history were black women. Think of Cleopatra in East Africa, and you think of Nandi in South Africa, Nandi the mother of Shaka. You have all these beautiful queens who carried and, 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 and uplifted entire nations. You have the strong, powerful women of this nation and uh, um, Maya Angelou, and then you had others like Afini Shakur, all through the black power movement. And for some reason, they're still the ones most disrespected. See, I see how black women can hold up their men, but then how often do the men come to their aid when it's their time of need? That's the part what Lenizi was speaking on. How even through all of that, through all the neglect and all the times where they're not chosen and, and a lot of times they say, oh, they're too difficult, they're too this. Well, look at all the things they have to carry, all the things they have to carry on their shoulders. Being in a nation that's told them that they're not as pretty. Being in a nation that tells them that they're not educated, they're never going to amount to anything. And still above all that, they are the highest demographic of graduates in all of universities. That's a black woman. The highest educated being on this earth is that of a black woman. And with many of them having to have single mother households and raising all these black kings up just for so many of them to be gunned down by police or gangs and still they carry on and keep pushing forward and now look we have one in the white house <laughs> just never giving up and it's because of black women that the state of georgia has shifted it's because of black women that the populist vote is that of Democrat. Now, I'm not gonna make this political. I can care less. I think either side's Republican, Democrat, I think it's all foolish to me. Conservatives, liberal, that's just all rhetoric to keep people divided so that the people at the top can stay in power, but that's neither here or there. We're gonna focus on women at this moment. There's nothing greater, there's nothing sweeter, there's nothing more beautiful, there's nothing more powerful in this world than a woman. Until the day that we can appreciate them and cherish them and treat them like the rulers and the queens that they are, we will never be truly, truly a free nation. The difference in pay, the difference in treatment. I watched a video the other day where you had single beautiful women sitting there, minding their own business, recording a video, and men just approaching them, harassing them. For what? What does she do to, to, to get that attention? When a woman can go outside of her house alone 
and not feel afraid for her life, not feel threatened that someone's going to try to take advantage of them or rope them and kiss them and touch them. How many of you have been through that? Imagine having to go through that. Imagine having, like when you have a son, you don't have to worry about him going out on his own or going out with just one of his fellas. When girls, they had to go out in packs just to feel protected. A lot of times people see women in the club, they wonder why they all dance with each other. That's so they don't get raped probably from these perverted men who want to take control of everything, who think, oh, she wanted it. That's why she dressed that way. What kind of thinking is that? They have to go out in packs just to feel protected. And the men of this world should be protecting them. See, it's not until I had a daughter that I see things a little differently. And to the fact where I'm even afraid to where I'm like, she has to go out in groups. She has to do that. And one of my friends asked me, and he said, well, when I talked about nail polish and things of that nature, they say, well, you shouldn't try to change your daughter. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Change the world? They're like, yeah. So I'm putting it out there. Do we all have to have daughters? All of us don't have daughters, but we all have a sister, a cousin, and we all have a mother. So think of it this way. Treat her as if you would treat your mother. Treat your coworker as if you would want your coworker to treat your mother. Treat the woman that you are courting like you would treat, you want someone to court your mother. When you look at things that way, in that instance, maybe you will change your thinking. Maybe then we can start having some equality and some appreciation for our women. Until next time. We do not own the rights to this music. Competition, no, ain't an MC coming close to the notorious B.I.G., baby, baby. I never knew that you never had a clue on who was 
the king of the street Four deep in the Range Rover Jeep Guns under the seat And my man just came home from work release Chris Style in my lap, chronic in the air Now Biggie Pets, what's lit like you just don't care Yeah, you're on my hit list, Biggie burns Splits When I'm pissed, release the Rolex from your wrist, baby No human being, Korean or European Be singing, what Biggie singing, not even peeing In they brawls because Biggie Smalls is far from weak Rats and tat, please speak Just close your eyes, cause you already see The notorious V-R-A-T World combination, destination number one total gun with no hesitation. Live with the folk, the five cutie pie, get by the tide, the smalls by her side. If you mess with her, you got to mess with me. And we'll be rapping at your eulogy, baby. As you listen to the B side. I got the funk in my pocket, keep it locked down. And show that you know who represent them platinum sounds. Now, baby, Biggie, I done heard that juicy. Didn't find nothing but truth in the hook. Be a pleasure to wreck with a notorious hustler ready to die. I jumped in the bins, took me a little ride round the mountain, broke a left hit. So, so deaf and told the homie JD I was the one buck the rest. We pumped the fire, kicking it live. Robin Leaks teaching me how to really survive. Whether it be track or blunt, ain't no need to front. Got what you need, and I take everything you ever wanted. We come in mass, it's clipping ass, it's glass, it's full of moat. The Rolex is Barbade, Park A, B to the Aura AT, rolling off swole on Chrome 17. Get into it. Nothing to it but to do it, baby. Huh. This has been coming for a long time. I guess I was just sitting back waiting for the opportunity to speak on this. And and many times on my soapbox or things like that, I try not to go at particular people who do similar things or people who pave the way or whatever, because I believe in this industry or business. Um we must pay reverence or respect to those who come before us. But Skip Bayless is someone I've, man, for many years I have not been a fan of is because of the history, because of the things that he has done or things he's, he's, he's been a part of. And then even more so, it's like he's, he's like he's mutated to this ultimate troll. He went from being someone who would just like, well, I hate LeBron James, so I'm going to talk about him. Or I don't like Westbrook, so I'm going to talk about him. But then to being something even more. It's like a larger scale of things. Um, and then they have stories of him being misogynistic. and All those different things. <clears throat> and I know it's been so many different years. But now something has happened recently where uh, Jenny Tapp, who's on Undisputed with him, she is the moderator. And I always find it interesting, too, why they have to have a moderator as if they're in the middle of everything trying to... Uh, uh, stop the debate oh no you're getting too harsh oh we need someone to and, and then someone's in between each time trying to set the stage when you really don't really need that 
it's just it's just for show because they really have no power they can't be objective which i guess a moderator shouldn't be but and they always want to make sure that the moderator is feminine skip come up with this formula after years and years trying to perfect the debate show and try to figure out the best formula and when he came to find out it was having a female moderator and himself opposite of a loud black man these are the facts and that loud black man had to pay homage to him he didn't want someone like a Jalen Rose or anyone like that uh, he wanted someone that was going to oppose him but in an entertaining fashion he wanted someone he could feel like oh I made you or or I, I helped you I want you I want you to call me daddy kind of thing and you you're just a woman you're just a figurehead because we all know that Skip Bayless actually has mother issues so we all can understand how he is with women in his personal life. So he doesn't, he doesn't, I don't feel as if he values the opinion of a woman too much. He's like, you're here to be cute and to move it along. You're not here to be actually heard. And something similar, and that's how I felt for years. And just seeing how he's moved and maneuvered. And I knew there's always where there's smoke, there's fire. So then you hear um, just recently on Undisputed One where Jenny Taft took a little shot back at, uh, at, uh, skip bayless because of his remarks about coach mike mccarthy for the dallas cowboys take a listen to this you can see that heat what's gonna be a long one here today yep Okay. And then I got to hear that. Well, Coach, you need to motivate me, Coach. You got to hot out here today. hundred degrees. His motivational speech was the most inspiring, but criticizing <laughs> his appearance, I don't know if I think that is a fair shot for Mike McCarthy. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Chris Bouchard. Thanks, Jenny. I appreciate that. I don't think it is a fair shot. Yeah, well, I don't think that's a fair shot. Is either. everyone that's who's a opinion. good coach yeah. as fit as you, mm. Skip? Mm. I don't think that's a fair shot uh, whatsoever. I wouldn't want, I said it was a personal preference I've and I wouldn't want him to be my head coach. That have not had the yeah. perfect ideal physique, including yeah. my college coach. Mm. So I don't think that's a fair mm. shot. Okay. And I'm allowed Next. to have an opinion. Yep. Skip. I am allowed mm -hmm. to say whatever okay. I want to say on this show. Okay, as you do, we will join us uh, in no. to Westbrook's yes. comment. And maybe I have no. more to say. Yes, yes, yes. And you hear that part. We're a team. Shannon's in the back like, man, he knew this was coming. And then you hear Jenny like, and I'm allowed to, she started going off. What was that from? That was built up. That was built up over the years. And that's her just obviously too, knowing where Skip comes from. And that was just something that was built. I'm allowed to speak to I'm allowed to have an opinion too. And then, <laughs> and then Shannon says, we're a team. She, he's like, no, no, we're not. Like, you're not part of this team. I can replace you with any other pretty figurehead on the roster and that's how skip really feels and these are the things that really piss me off about skip Bayless. how do you as someone you think because you've watched people for many years and you wrote on them for many years that you can say or do whatever you want he's kind of even like a shock jock if if you guys even were old enough to remember what those are like the uh howard stearns of the world i'm gonna say things to get your attention I'm going to do things to get your attention. So he even had times where he would, um, you know, come up with names like West Brick and, and, and Prince James or Queen this or whatever. He would say all these different derogatory things to try to get people to say, hey, look at what I'm saying. And now you see him on Twitter now. He's always got something. He'll, he can't wait for LeBron to lose or someone else to win to try to make it about LeBron or something like that. So I know he's got to be loving Westbrook 
and LeBron on the same team. He's got to be loving that. But many years ago, and it, it, does, it doesn't just li limit himself just to women. Like I said before, he, he brings the same energy when it comes to other players because him himself was never a great player. But he wants to pretend as if and act as if he knows what the hell he's talking about because he's watched it for so long. Like anyone else, all we, all, we have these, we have these uh, couch coaches all the time. So this is this is what happened between him and Jalen Rose. I think this was kind of like the beginning of the end of Jalen Rose ever being on first take when he used to be on it when it was, was cold pizza, but he used to be a frequent on first take because the ratings were high. But after this point, I think there was a point of no return. Listen to this. The positions were only created so a novice could follow the game. Just because you're a power forward, that doesn't make you physical. Just because you're a shooting guard, that don't mean you can jack up threes. That's what, just what were you, Jalen? What were you? What were you? Did you what average, were you? Did you average one point four yeah, points yeah, yeah, as a senior yeah. in high school? Yeah, I did. Okay, so yeah. all of that pistol P stuff, water pistol P okay. junior. Okay, we'll we'll address that later. We're okay. going to. Yeah. Don't ignore that. Did you play junior? Yeah. You play JV as a junior? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I followed. What were you? you? Okay. What were you? What was your uh, position? I have no position. I have. You no were game. a point guard. I have no game. You were a. Jalen took it personal. And he was another person who was frustrated with Skip and the way he goes about things. You can you can get your point across. I think you can do this job respectively without having to be a shock jock, without having to be obnoxious. And people want to come off and say that, oh, he's very fair, he's very this. Uh, even Stephen A always would glow about him. Oh, you're fair-minded, you're, you're this, you're that. Um, you're the rare person, you're, you're not the typical white person. And I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I believe, I truly believe this. I believe that Skip Bettis is one of those guys who's like, I'm with you only if you're with me. I support you, but don't know where, don't, don't forget where your grass is water. Like people forget, don't forget how he left ESPN. He had no problem taking credit for boosting up the show and Stephen A will give him props for, for getting him to that position because Stephen A was ruffling so many feathers back in the day that he wasn't getting many opportunities. He was getting opportunity after opportunity, but it was starting to fade. And his 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 light skyrocketed on that show, which was then now called First Take. After so many years of being built up by uh, the Jalen Roses and the Jamel Hills, and we'll get to that in a little bit, for what it was in the cold pizza days. So, so you'll never hear Stephen A ever go against the Godfather. Oh no! Even even now that Skip Bayless is on a whole nother network, Stephen A was still singing his praise because he know that's how he got paid. But Skip Bayless left the program, left them because they were paying Stephen A more. He said, "Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. it's all fun and games until now. You're like, wait a minute, you're gonna value him over me? They're like, well, yeah, because of Stephen A, the rating shot up. What's because of you? You've been here for decades, right?" So it was more about a contract dispute why he didn't feel like, okay, now I need to leave. And I, I wish he was still here, or still there with ESPN versus being over there. Even though Undisputed is a decent show, it's not the same. And um, Undisputed is not as good as First Take was. And First Take is not as good as First Take was. Um, it was best back in the days of Carrie Champion. She was great. And nothing against Molly. I don't want to get off topic. We're going to stick, don't skip. At the end of the day, I believe he's a chauvinist. I believe he is not, I don't want to go ahead and call him a racist. I won't go that far because he will at least allow you to come to his house and eat. But you know, racists will do that too. 
my brain's unfolding. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't feel as if he feels that he is on the same playing field as people of color. I know people want to champion him and say this and say that. I, I, I pay attention to how someone moves. And maybe it could be just for television. I don't know. But I pay attention to how somebody moves. And the way he moves, based upon even his formula where he thinks that when, when he started Undisputed, that lets me see that you're like, oh, I got me a loudmouth black guy who can somewhat talk and dress. That was the formula that worked for me. So let me do that again. Why couldn't it be? Why, why did it have to be someone black? Not that I, I, I love Uncle Shay. Love Uncle Shay. I mean, I even like the stuff he does. Is, I think it's comical. But in his mind, he saw the racial part. He's like, oh, I got me a loudmouth Stephen A. black guy and me over here, this this uh, shock jock white guy. Oh, that's the formula. Let me go ahead and do this again. Let me duplicate that. And, and then I have a pretty uh, female moderator. Make sure I always have a pretty female moderator who is not really allowed to talk, who's not allowed to give her opinion. You're just here to be pretty. You're here, pretty, pretty girl. You're here, loud black man. And I'm here doing my thing. Because if it wasn't about race, Shannon, because he even said it. Shannon Sharp gives him all the praise in the world because he's like, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for Skip Bayless. For Skip Bayless. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Skip. Because he said he wouldn't do this show if they don't put Shannon Sharp in there. Why is that? Because he visited First Take before. He says, hmm, this guy actually is not ignorant. He has a gift of gab. And he's a black guy who used to play the sport. Let me get him in here. He knows the formula. It could be his prejudices or he could be playing off of yours. Either way, he knows the formula. He could have easily taken anybody. He could have had a women, a woman counterpart, but we know he's chauvinist. He could have had another white man. He's like, ooh, the ratings won't go high enough because they need they need that chocolate vanilla combativeness. They, they need a loudmouth black guy to make the ratings go up. And I just don't I just don't buy into that doctrine. And and both things came into play when it was one Jamel Hill that he got into it with. This, a lot of you guys have a different opinion, Jamel here. Bill, I I give her all the flowers in the world. She's a black woman in a white man's game, and she's still succeeding at it no matter what. She gave her opinion. Where her career went south is when she started giving her opinion on Donald Trump and the Trump people who actually are Disney people or Trump people, let's not get it twisted, came for her. And that pretty much was the end of her career at ESPN. All right? When she was on a show called His and Hers with Michael Smith, which was a great show, by the way. And Smith, it, it messed up his career. Because he, she catapulted him. A black woman pushed up this black man in the industry because nobody really liked Michael Smith. He got domed or hit by an ex-football player. I can't remember the name at the moment. But this is a, this is something that um, a lot of y'all probably haven't heard. This is Jamel Hill um, and Carrie Champion because they have their own show at this time. They're being interviewed by The Breakfast Club. Looks like we don't have that audio. What's going on here? I swore I had that audio. Let's try this one more time. Hmm. We don't have the audio. How embarrassing. Let me get it from here. I was very excited that Carrie got this job because you know, you guys know what a big show first take is. And to put a black woman, 
you know, in the middle of two big personalities at the time of Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, that's a huge opportunity for a woman in, in this business, a black woman in this business. So to me, that was the win. However, what I did um, make the mistake of is that I had six years of equity at ESPN, six years of time. So I had seen a lot of things. And so sometimes, especially when you start in a new job, you need to let people experience things on their own. And then if they want to bring you into what they're experiencing, then that's cool. I just told her from the jump because I had heard the way they talked about this particular job and what was said behind closed doors was that, look, they are intent on having somebody who's seen and not heard. So you need to be careful about that. So just imagine I had been there for a month and I am already, I am already overwhelmed and under promise and really having a hard time. I moved there from LA to Bristol, Connecticut. I'm by myself. I'm working with the two hardest mofos in the building. She did it all, all out of honestly love and to protect me. And whenever we found ourselves in moments, i.e. me found myself in a moment where I was just completely feeling disrespected. She would, she would, you know, jump online and fire up a couple of tweets or have my back in whatever way. So much so to the point that, you know, one of those guys sitting on the desk used to email her and tell her she wasn't right. Got mad at her. Was like, why are you taking it, up the It hasn't spoken to me since. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, he used to- He had my back. He, they, he used to text you and say that or email no, you? No, he emailed her. He gave her a two-page email to tell her why she ain't shit. <laughs> because you were defending another black woman? Yeah, I mean, uh -huh. it, it happened when, you know, because uh, when a lot of times when things happen on that desk, it's like Carrie will wind up taking the taking the fall for it for no reason, no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and this was during um, when Stephen A. Smith got into trouble for what he said about domestic violence. And... The thing I tweeted was that I felt like part of the reason some of those conversations on first take exploded into controversy is because they didn't give Carrie enough of a voice. And here you are talking about domestic violence and, you know, um, with Carrie not being empowered to add to the conversation, it made it harsher than it was. And so I expressed that, like, maybe y'all wouldn't be in this situation if the woman that's on the desk, you actually empowered her to use her voice to speak in situations like this. And so, I mean, look, it's only two people. I don't mind saying who it is. I mean, Skip doesn't really fuck with me. So, um, you know, he was- sent her a two-page email, went off on her. Email. Her. He told her, essentially he made her and she, yes. and he tra she yes. traded on him. He claimed, <laughs> what? Yeah, he claimed credit because I'll, I'll say this, uh, to be, I'm just being just fair about the situation. It's like when I first started doing you know, first take, it was cold pizza then. And, um, you know, Skip was somebody who, whose opinion, uh, I'm gonna talk about sports opinions. I know people have different opinions about that, but whose opinion about this business and industry, I really respect it. I mean, he did take me under his wing in a lot of ways and taught me about television because that's not something that I was really familiar with coming from a print background. So we had a very good relationship. And so when I did that, when I spoke up, on Carrie's behalf, um, you know, about that situation, he was put out. And so he sent me a very long email saying he felt betrayed and he was on some I made you type of thing. Wow. And, um, you know, we have never, we haven't talked since. Wow. And that's kind of the, that's what I've always felt, just watching him. Um, this is, but I'm hypersensitive to those type of things. I'm hypersensitive people who know me to uh, racial differences. 
um, I don't give you the benefit of the doubt. That's not me. You have to prove it to me. You are who I don't already perceive you to be. Now, I, I could be friends with you. We could be cool. I shouldn't even say friends. I could be your associate. We could be cool. We could hang out. I'm good with you. But until you have to, like, show me. And that goes for the ones in my own family. Like I said, if, if you are, because many of us are raised in different societies and we, and we act different ways because of how we're taught. We're taught a certain thing. So unless you have a white person who's raised by black people, or maybe that person was raised by black people or so forth and so on, if you're not immersed in the culture, where you don't really see the differences, you just you actually don't notice the differences until you guys are back in regular society. Because that's how it is. All these things are taught, and all this is different points of ignorance when it comes to different cultures. So I strongly believe that I believe you're all that way until you prove me different. So the same way I feel with Skip Bayless, I'm hypersensitive to it. So maybe I'm not being as fair-minded towards him as as I want, but I'm listening to these different things. I've heard these things over the years. I've watched it, and that's why I don't give him any energy. I don't even follow this man on Twitter, and his Twitter feed still pop up, and I can't stand it. I can't stand it. He's not credible to me. So when I see him doing things like this, I have to take the time. This is my longest soapbox ever, and it probably be my longest ever, period. Just giving energy to one man who I feel like doesn't deserve to be on the air anymore. Let him go ahead and retire, because I can't stomach the energy he's putting out in the sports universe anymore. I can't take his blatant sense of, 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 I said it earlier, misogynistic ways. Um, he's definitely sexist. And I believe he's low-key racist even. You guys can comment if you want to. You can leave me comments on the links here. I don't give a damn. At the end of the day, I said what I said and I meant what I meant. Skip Bayless, uh, you need to be canceled. I tied it all the way back around. And there's so many more things out there. Go out there and Google it. Find more information. Because when they stop, even, even Joy Taylor tried to tell a little bit, but she didn't want to talk too much because she's still on the network. Say, like, oh, well, she's trying, she's searching for compliments to give the man. Go into all the smoke and listen to Joy Taylor's uh, when she talks about them. She tries to find glowing things to say about, she, to say about Skip. When she talks about that show, the person she talks about the most is Shannon Sharp. And she says, well, I will say this about Skip. Why is that? Because she knows, she even said, I can't do that show because my opinion won't be heard. That's what Joy Taylor said. That interview was like a, what, a week or two ago on All the Smoke. Listen to that one. These are the things that are perpetuated throughout time, decades and decades. He's an old white male. Very few old white males would be any different. And they look at him as if he's the fair-minded one. He is the one who's exceptional. And he still, to me, is not far enough along. He's not one of us. And don't say, oh, look at Lil Wayne likes some shit. Lil Wayne vouched for Donald Trump. So at the end of the day, I'm cool on this dude. I look, I look at him as like he's a culture vulture. Wants to rock the Jays and have, they want to call them drip bailers. All this crap. No, nah, man, I'm good. I'm not really one to be trying to have stuff that, that could be online and 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 and, and tweeted about. It's ooh, ooh, this new guy, he flaming uh uh skip bayless. Nah, man, I'm not doing that for this. This is for my faithful few, my my um nearly a hundred listeners. That's it. 
one, one day, one day maybe when I step up to a high, higher level, who knows? They might pull this old audio and like, oh, remember when he did this? You got to take that down. You got to take that down. So, you know, listen, man. Man, look, I got audio in the background. My phone's ringing because I, business is still going. But at the end of the day, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> phone's ringing in the background. At the end of the day, that's how I feel about the one Skip Bayless. And that's probably God saying, that's your time. You've been doing this too long. Go ahead and make your money because, you know, I still run my own company and I need to go ahead and answer that. That's my business line. So I'm going to go ahead and grab that call and, and make my money and get off this soapbox because I'm on here flaming. The soapbox is on fire. I, I just can't stand Skip Bayless with a passion, as you can all hear. All right. Well, I'm going to leave it there. Whew. Until next time. You can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. Be optimistic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it this week, guys. Thank you guys for rocking with me, having another successful show. Uh, was we enjoyed this special, special show this week of a soapbox special. Um, the music choice this week was Thank You by Buster Ryan's Q-Tip, Lil Wayne, and Kanye West. We also had the B-Side by DeBrat and Biggie Smalls. Once again, I appreciate all my faithful listeners, everything you've brought and added to me to this show. Much appreciated. Remember to like, share, and of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts know the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose for those. God foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Romans 8, 22 through 30. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love. For God is love. Until next time, peace. You can win.